It's Europe calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Items in the news that you might have missed. Europe calling. So a very good day. Welcome, everybody. Our date check for you is the 26th of May 2022. And we have the most gorgeous weather today. Yes, we have got a bit of wind now, but this is the windy part of the Costa Blanca. It's where all the windsurfers come to uh, enjoy their sport. Uh, we have a very, very clear definition over the mountain. And uh, all in all, a nice day today. Let's uh, jump in the car, go down around about an hour. Alfaz Del P comes up and we'll find out as Terry got the same weather. Good afternoon, Terry. How are you? What's your weather like? Very good, mate. Good, good afternoon, Vince. Yeah, it's beautiful blue skies again. Uh, beautiful day today. Uh, yesterday, for some strange reason, it was bloody cold. I was uh, I was on a job in uh, Benisa, up, up your way, I suppose, yeah. getting towards your way. Yeah. Uh, and I was absolutely, and I was, I'd, I'd taken all my coats and stuff out of the car a couple of weeks ago, and I was absolutely bloody cold. It was uh, in the sun, it was nice, but the air temperature was really low for some reason. Anyway, it's nice day today, so beautiful, good, uh, typical May weather now. So yes, uh, that, he was a boxer, wasn't he? May weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather. I mean, that was a that was a quick memory, wasn't it? Okay, he was, <laughs> was indeed. Okay, so let's um, let's find out where we're going today. Stand by. Don't forget, we're looking at items in the news that either tend to be maybe a little less known, or something that maybe isn't spoken about as maybe we see. We'll see what happens anyway. So what have I found in the papers this week? And, and after authorities in Madrid closed a gay sauna in the capital on Friday that had been identified as a possible place of the origin of monkeypox in Spain, more suspected cases have been recorded across the country, including the first infection of a woman. Spanish media have reported that there are now at least 30 confirmed cases nationwide. Authorities on Saturday we're investigating whether parties on the tourist island of Gran Canaria have been the source of several further infections, according to healthcare sector sources. Around 80,000 people from Spain and other countries attended the Mas Palamas Gay Pride Festival that took place there on the 5th to the 15th of May. Men from Madrid, Tenerife, uh, Italy, who have tested positive for the virus are reported to have participated in the festival celebrations and then it goes on to say most monkeypox cases detected so far involve men who have had sexual contact with other men the gay friendly paraiso sauna in the heart of madrid said on twitter it was shutting its doors on friday the Paraíso Sona will remain closed for the next few days, a precautionary measure in the face of the alert over the emergence of so-called monkeypox infections in the Madrid regions, it said. Now, the Spanish Health Ministry's official monkeypox count on Friday was seven confirmed cases, that was, uh, nationwide. 23 suspected cases, people who had tested positive for a non-human virus but were still awaiting further results. Also, uh, Spain uh, repeats the same stuff as I go on. But this weekend, the Spanish media have reported cases being detected in Andalusia, in the Basque Country, Castilla-La Mancha, Galicia and Aragon. And that Extremadura has reported the first suspected case of a woman being infected. The estimated figure of confirmed cases nationwide across Spain has uh, reported at, at least 30 on Sunday. Enrique Ruiz Escudero, a health official for the Madrid region, told reporters the authorities had recorded 21 confirmed cases in the capital alone and 19 suspected cases. Monkeypox is not usually fatal, but often manifests itself through fever. 
muscle aches, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion and a chink, uh, chicken pox-like rash on the hands and face. Transmission is usually via close contact with infected animals such as monkeys. Recent cases suggest that virus can also be transmitted through contact with skin lesions for, or droplets of bodily fluid from an infected person. The first infection in the waves of cases observed in Europe was reportedly in the United Kingdom. Cases have also since been reported in Portugal, Germany, Canada, the United States, Italy, Sweden, Belgium, Australia, Switzerland and France. So there we are, Terry, the exceedingly wonderfully cheerful news that we now have monkeypox to contend with. Um, well, I'm, not, I'm not surprised, Vince. I'm waiting for a plague of locusts to arrive. But, well, uh, I have to be honest. That'll be after the flood, no doubt. Listen, uh, many a true word is spoken in jest, Terry. You, you know, I know that um, obviously you, you, you're speaking, trying to make it a little bit lighter, but the the fact of the matter is, when you listen to the people that come on as experts, and they start off, and they preface everything by saying it's skin-to-skin contact, and then, uh, you know, they sort of go quiet on the rest of the uh, the deal. Um, I mean, if you've got a gay, uh, uh, shall we say, um, week event, when all these people are going from all around the world to this particular island to do whatever they want to do, and basically, um, you, you know, the the rest of the world is getting the information of how the contact is is spread... Um, then really, it doesn't leave a, a it doesn't leave a huge amount to the the imagination for me. Well, they said that about HIV, wasn't it? HIV was uh, was the gay disease, and the HIV was manufactured by the by the US to uh, to get rid of the gays of the world, all sorts of things. And, the, and now we've got the monkeypox, which funny enough, women are getting it as well. Uh, it's look, it's one of them things. Uh, if it wasn't for media. Uh, on a quiet news day, you know, these things probably wouldn't come to show. I'm sure there are many, are many infections that raise their head, shall I say, uh, throughout the year. And this is just another one. Um, it, it, luckily for people of, dare I say, our age, who had smallpox injections when they were kids, uh, it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, thank God. I'm glad I've got something that's uh, a bit of use. Uh, it's just something else. I, I, no, I'm a firm, I said beginning about the locust thing. I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, nature is completely miffed with us and, uh, and we'll keep throwing things at us until we, we learn. OK, let's... Uh, I'm, um, I'm firm convinced on that one. Let's maybe place two words together. One will be nature and the other will be creation. Um, I've, not, I've deliberately not gone back to any religious thing or, or whatsoever. Um, all mm. that I will say is that there is a certain amount of information now that is right in front of us, which is basically um, not the way that certainly I've been brought up to behave. Um, I think I'm right in probably including you in that last remark. And I would imagine the very least that should be maybe offered as a suggestion is a word of caution. I mean, you know, by all means, we can keep making all sorts of... um, excuses or you know casting to one side any information that we don't particularly want to include but when we were growing up and we go back quite a well way for both of us surely the reasons that the uh, as they called it then homosexuality was frowned upon was basically because somewhere in the mix surely people must have known that maybe this is the type of thing that can occur i mean why why would they otherwise was it just totally religious that um you know it was frowned upon and it was actually illegal and it still is in some countries you know what's the problem have we got a psychological block we definitely have got a religious block whether we like whether we want a religion or we don't want a religion that seems to be totally and utterly ignored but is there a psychological block on the information coming through that skin-on-skin contact is basically behind a lot of this particular information. Vince, if we're all lucky enough, we're all guilty of skin-on-skin contact. (laughs) Okay. Right? So, uh, 
No, I listen. Um, obviously, I'll see where you're coming from, from, from the, the homosexual side of things. But I think what has happened in recent years is that homosexual is, is more open. Uh, and it always has been quite open here in Spain. Uh, I remember way back when I first came here, I was, I was amazed. I thought, God, there's how many gay people there are in Spain. But it's just a case that it was more open than it was in the UK when I left the UK in 1974, whatever it was. Um, it... it, it it always has been very open here in Spain. And um, what happens is now is we are accepting it. Uh, I don't like it when it's rammed down my throat. I get annoyed when I see gay pride uh, rallies. You know, but I can't. Yet you cannot have, apparently, heterosexual pride rallies. So if for that reason, uh, there's one or two reasons why I get upset sometimes about it. I just don't want it rammed in my face. I haven't got a problem with it. I've got a number of, of, of gay, uh, very good gay friends. Um, uh, that doesn't it doesn't give me a problem at all that way. What I just don't like is when it's when it's rammed in your face at every possible occasion. That every we've spoken many times about every soap opera has to have a percentage of, of gay people in every in every program, a gay storyline, which is nowhere near percentage-wise uh, in relation to the percentage of, of reality, shall we say. Uh, it's the same happens with colour. Now, I mean, look at the your, your every look at TV now. There's a colour. There's a coloured person at least in every advert, if not more. When you consider that somewhere like ten percent, ten to ten or fifteen percent, I think in the UK uh, are coloured. Uh, if you look at the television, uh, UK TV, you you say you see a minimum fifty sixty percent uh, of coloured activity in all adverts, in in, in desperate attempt to to force in inverted commas, normality uh, upon us. And it's that forcing which gives, certainly for me, uh, uh, I push back. You haven't got to force me. Uh, I accept things, but don't, I don't want it forced down my neck. Uh, and sadly, when you get things like, say, this monkeypox thing comes across, uh, yeah, obviously it ticks a box, you know, that, that skin on skin touch, et cetera, et cetera. But... Uh, there are women getting it as well, Vince. So uh, well, that will always uh, happen, though, because I mean, you you haven't just got uh, sort of uh, male homosexuality now. Uh, you, you obviously have the uh, of the females in the past, and then you've got the transgender, and then virtually and uh, basically, according to some people, you know anything goes. Whereas really, um, I think most people. I'm not talking uh, in a nasty way about this. I'm just trying to look at the the physical aspects of catching germs. I mean, you know, like everybody, I've got gay friends. Of course, I've got great, uh, gay friends. But um, if the if the gay friends who want to um, maybe embarrass us while we're out, then we have less gay, gay friends in that respect. Uh, mm. If we have heterosexual friends who try to embarrass us with kissing and canoodling and, and smutty talk, um, they go by the by as well, because basically that's the problem. You know, it is confined to one thing it's confined to decency and behavior um i don't know what goes on behind certain people's doors and therefore i would be very wrong to assume that they're doing terrible things similarly it's the same with our heterosexual uh, society you know we are encouraged to behave in a certain way if we don't and if we want to sort of become promiscuous then if somebody's got a, a disease then it will spread now this uh, suddenly has a appeared i mean obviously in the light of the covid and all the other things that we've been suffering over the years uh, you know the, the the media is very quick to jump in and give us as much bad news as we can maybe accept for the day but realistically um there are some groups that seemingly encourage maybe a little greater p percentage of the problem in this case. Well, that's true of anything, Vince. If, 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 you, if, you, if, you, if you're up close and personal with anybody, you are have a strong chance of catching whatever that person's got, be it a cold, a bit of flu, be it COVID, be it monkeypox, be it whatever. Uh, that's quite natural. I mean, sexual diseases uh, across the world are horrendously high now. At least it's, it's open and being spoken about, and there are clinics dotted about uh, and advertising so that people can can address the situation, uh, hopefully. Uh, but those sexual diseases have always been it. I mean, Spain, don't forget, Spain is responsible for uh, 
selling sending their galleons across to South America, taking all the gold and, and, and jewelry and, and leaving them with uh, with syphilis. <laughs> they gave them they gave them syphilis in return, which had never never existed on the continent. So that was a wonderful uh, uh, contribution from Spain in that respect. But it, it happens, and the monkeypox, which none of us have probably never even heard of until a month ago, has always existed. It's just it can it can only get out of where it is unless somebody brings it out. And we, with more travel and, and sort of an excess of travel recently, with with travel curbs being lifted, I'm not surprised it's appeared in other in other countries or virtually every other country now. I believe. Would you be it's averse, there. Terry? Would you be averse to a doctor? information, news bulletin, whatever way they want to produce it, um, to just a little health warning. Uh, people who are likely to have been in these sort of um, areas might be advised to not have a sexual contact over the next couple of days, weeks after they get back. I mean... Try, put it, try putting that on the intercom on the Ryanair flight from Luton to Benidorm. OK. You're not going to get any results from that, then. All right, Terry, I'll move on and we'll um, go to somewhere slightly, slightly connected. OK, stand by. OK, the next one is the Spanish left-leaning coalition government um, approved a draft bill on Tuesday, which I think has actually gone through this week. I'll, I'll see whether or not uh, you might be able to update me on this. Uh, this is to reinforce abortion rights and make Spain the first country in Europe to offer state-funded paid leave for women who suffer from severe period pain. Uh, today, we send an international uh, message of support to all women who are fighting for their sexual and reproductive rights. The Equality Minister, Irene Monteiro, told reporters with the government hoping to guarantee access to abortion across Spain and destigmatize menstrual health with its new bill. We must guarantee that it is the women who decide what happens to their own bodies. Uh, the taboo is over, the stigma, suffering in silence. Uh, uh, today, we are the first country in Europe to recognise menstrual health rights. This was on Tuesday when she tweeted this. If passed, the new law will eliminate parental consent for women aged 16 to 17 who wish to terminate their pregnancy and remove the compulsory three-day reflection period. It also includes paid leave for pregnant women from week 39 and guarantees the distribution of free menstrual products in public institutions such as schools and health centres. The draft law also states that surrogate pregnancy, which is illegal in Spain, is a form of violence against women. Spain's abortion reform of 2010 allowed women to terminate unwanted pregnancies on demand within 14 or up to 22 weeks in cases of severe fatal abnormalities. The draft bill also addresses so-called conscientious objection which allows doctors to refuse to carry out abortions, a subject of heated debate between rights groups and right-wing activists. State clinics must provide a willing specialist, it says. The draft bill has provoked a debate in Spain about whether the paid menstrual leave will help or hamper women in the workplace. It will go to a public uh, hearing before another reading in the Cabinet and a vote in the Spanish Congress is still months away from being approved. The Spanish government's move comes as thousands of abortion rights supporters rallied across the United States on Saturday, angered by the prospect that the Supreme Court may soon overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade decision that legalised abortion nationwide half a century ago. OK, I think uh, we better declare our stance 
you and I on where we stand with this one fairly quickly because then um, we can maybe apply the objectivity from where we stand. So I'll go first, Terry, just just um, as I think it's only fair. Um, I, I am very much in favour of uh, women who suffer from uh, premenstrual problems to be treated with great uh, tenderness and uh, compassion because they've got, you know, they, they have had lousy times over the years so that's that one as far as the abortion goes that is a tremendously deep um, uh, subject which is so difficult to come to any I'm right and you're wrong decision for me because quite frankly where it's just a question of somebody deciding they're going to have a bit of sex and then terminate um, I wouldn't like it to be me that had been the uh, maybe the survivor of an event and then just find I'm terminated. And this is the scenario that we would never know about, but that can mm. happen. So um, I've tried to give you a fairness of the way I think, and I don't want to push you too hard, Terry, but just so that our listeners will know what opinions we're likely to uh, have. What, what, what yeah, do you think? I agree with you on both. Uh, oh, lovely. Absolutely. I'm okay. glad you said what you said. Great. Uh, I do agree with you on both. It, it's very, it's, it's. Listen, it's very difficult in business. Uh, you people, uh, any employer, um, when he has to employ somebody, he or she has to employ somebody for a job, has to think that if he employs a woman of childbearing age, a uh, she may get pregnant and therefore need costly uh, pregnancy leave. Uh, and B, uh, she may uh, have, have severe menstrual menstrual periods uh, during her cycle, which may cause her to have a day or two off work. That has to influence the decision. Um, and we're talking money now, aren't we? It's simple as that. You're talking money. If, if you've got half a dozen blokes and half a dozen women vying for the same job, it'd be a brave person that will stand up and say, it doesn't matter to me, as long as they're the best one for the job, I'm going to employ them. I'll, I quite agree, but I'll also argue the fact that it must enter their minds at some point that, in, that employing a woman comes with, with conditions. Having said that, I must admit that the women that I've employed would be far better workers than, than the, the comparable men folk in the same job, there's no doubt about it, a shadow of that. Um, but it, 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 is, it is something that has to be contemplated. Now, what I'm getting at is, is with these laws, What's got to be added to it somewhere is a bit of help for the companies. That if I've got a, a, a business where I employ all women, then I'm looking at massive possible uh, of, of absenteeism uh, of women falling pregnant and having the time off work as is necessary. Um, uh, that has to come into your financial projections of your business. So I believe, and what I'm looking for and waiting to see, is help from the government. On that basis, I fully agree with the Spanish government on, on, on what they're doing to to to, to give uh, grant well, female workers the right to take paid sick leave due to menstrual pain. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have in place the uh, uh, the pregnancy uh, relief as well. But while I'm paying the wages of a, of a, of a, of a pregnant employee, I still have to go and employ somebody to take her place. Uh, for, until she comes back, if she comes back. Yeah. Uh, so th th there are a lot of financial things that come into play, which will never be mixed with the the, the, the theory that we're talking about and what we're agreed on, is that, yes, they do deserve a right to have paid sick leave if they really are suffering badly. And obviously women uh, need to have their um, um, pregnancy leave. And I'm, and I'm open as you on the on the idea of abortion. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can argue both cases quite strongly. Uh, and thank God it's never actually uh, come and knocking on my door, you know. But why yeah. should I wait till it does knock on door, my door before I make an opinion? So I'm guilty of that, I'm afraid. But I'm I'm sticking on the fence on that one. It's one of the the big difficulties for somebody who wants to be, um, I don't like to say this, but a good Catholic, a good Christian, a good anybody. But certainly for us, you know, uh, in our religion, it is a difficulty. 
Now, uh, basically, the one thing I've learned over my lifetime is that women really haven't been treated as well as they should have been. And I'll take that on board for my own family and my own uh, friends in many, many ways. Um, So, you know, uh, who's to blame? Very often the men, sometimes the women and, you know, sometimes just a situation. But what I do know is that, uh, like I have my feelings regarding uh, maybe sexual behaviour, which could be causing other problems, my heart wants to be nice to people. I don't want to be uh, nasty. And when you're looking at legislation like this, this is one of the areas where I do feel that it's great now that we've got far more women in politics able to maybe pursue lines of uh, persuasion that men don't always understand. I think that, you know, a lot of men uh, go well into the life before they really truly understand uh, the difference between having a sexual experience and having a loving sexual experience. And I think, quite honestly, that, um, you you know, as I did say, I really do feel that we uh, we should be addressing other issues like, for example, the television. Like, for example, we know the violence that exists, but I mean, it doesn't really seem to get into the, the discussions regarding the way that um, we are allowed to watch things which we see women being treated and hit and uh, raped and all the other things that we now have uh, virtually every day in a war that's over in Ukraine. It's so difficult to um, to turn up and say that you're right and I'm wrong or the other way around. And I think, mm. Um, mm. you know, good luck to these lawmakers. I just hope they come up with the right ideas yeah. and the right way of expression, expressing them, <clears throat> because I yeah, would like... What, what I think with on, on the abortion side, what I, I disagree with, if anything, is is the, what you say, isn't it, uh, 22 weeks? Yes. Uh, you can abort up to 22. Up to 22 weeks, yeah. Uh, I think that's too long, in my opinion. Uh, listen, listen you, 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 you can take your, your precautions in your, in your loving relationship, and, and it can fail, and a result can be a pregnancy. Uh, at that point, um, a quick uh, termination may be, uh, uh, may be the only alternative to adding pressures on life that, that shouldn't be there. Uh, I can agree with that. I can't really, about 22 weeks, I'm, I'm looking at a baby that's 22 weeks old. Yeah. And I use the word baby there automatically. I didn't say fetus, yeah. which is the true word. But to me, at 22 weeks, you're looking more at a baby than that. You know, and these kids that arrived alive today were in round that were born at 26 weeks. Yeah. So to me, that 22 figure is is, is a no-no. I, I, that's, <clears throat> that's where I'm, I'm there on that one. I think uh, that abortion can be right. I think the, the the time limit should be, and it's not for me to say what the time limit, there should be a maximum of, of a lower limit than the 22 weeks. Well, I don't uh, know. At the moment, that's agreed. I don't know whether or not um, it's just my imagination, but uh, not so much in the Spanish press, but certainly in the UK press, I've mm. seen so many stories over the last couple of weeks of uh, thugs who have killed the baby, both male and yeah. female. Mm, um, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen as much of it. Maybe it's just that I'm more aware of it these days. Um, Maybe it went on, but see, they're catching more of it now. I mean, a baby would die and that'd be the end of it. But now they could see, uh, they know how to check the baby, uh, to, to the, uh, the dead child, shall we say, an autopsy, to see the, the various injuries that are there. I mean, previously, I could only assume uh, the parents would say the child fell down the stairs hence all the bruises and that's why he's dead and broke his neck and that would have been believed uh, so i don't i, I can only assume vince that it, it, it's it's going on as it always has gone on i don't i can't see why it should be going on any more than it is now uh, but i can see where it could be detected which would increase uh, the figures um, disproportionately I, I i personally believe yeah Okay then, so as I say, uh, we are looking at items in the news which probably um, by the time you've had a quick two minutes on the news bulletin and then nothing uh, to really deepen what uh, we're being told and hopefully beginning to understand, uh, we better move on. Let me see where we're going next.
so we're off to Qatar next, and the Emir Sheikh Tarim bin Hamad Al Thani announced that the energy-rich Gulf state would boost its investments in Spain at a state dinner with Spanish King Felipe VI. This was late on Tuesday. The details of the investments were not made public beyond Spain's government, saying that they would help guarantee the country's energy security and its transition to a green economy. But with Europe scrambling to find alternatives to Russian energy, Qatar has been looked uh, at and to as a source of liquefied natural gas, given its massive gas reserves. The Emir and uh, Spanish Prime Minister met on Wednesday in Madrid and signed 12 agreements to solidify stronger bilateral relations. The agreements covered topics ranging from the economy and commerce to education, military cooperation, health and science. The leaders' meeting took place on the second day of the EMEA's state visit to Spain, which included the inaugural Spain-Qatar Business Forum. In the current international context of the conflict in Ukraine, this new bilateral uh, strategic relationship with Qatar becomes even more important for Spain for reasons not only of investment, but also energy security, as said the Spanish government in the statement it issued. Spain leads Europe with six liquefied natural gas processing plants at its ports. Beyond aiming to diversify its own energy mix, Spain is pushing to become an energy hub for Europe. The investments will be made by the Qatar Investment Authority, Sovereign Fund, and directed towards projects by Spain's public finance authority, Cofides, uh, to find investment opportunities aligned with the country's plans for using the EU recovery funds, This, the uh, Spanish government uh, says. Spain, which received the second biggest EU allocation um, behind Italy, plans to deploy 70 billion euros of direct EU transfers and is set for loans to euro. So that's the background, which tends to make me wonder a little bit more about this Qatar business, because when all said and done, if those funds are coming from Europe, why this sudden interest in Qatar? OK, you'll probably be able to tell me far better. So what do you think? Um, well, I'll never, you never think about that, do you? You obviously think about pe- petrol in, in the in the, uh, in the Emirates, etc. But gas and gas exports, um, I never really thought about. Uh, I'm pleased to hear that Spain <clears throat> has got a high percentage of the EU gas, which, strangely enough, because of the gas that's coming from uh, Algeria that, that we spoke about before, makes Spain virtually uh, independent, if that's the right word, independent regarding gas, uh, whereas other European countries are having uh, massive gas price increases because of what's been happening with Russia. Uh, It appears that Spain is is insulated from that. I I certainly haven't seen that much increase in my bottle of gas uh, that I buy because most of us here in Spain uh, are on bottle gas. It has gone up, Uh, Terry. Um, Oh, it's gone up, but not a lot. Not not, not, nothing like... uh, People in the UK are paying for their gas now compared to what they were paying before. Right. It has gone up for only a small amount. If you go back over the years, it's gone up bugger all, really. Yeah. Of all the yeah, there has been been a sharper increase because of uh, presumably because of what's been happening uh, in the Ukraine, but because uh, because of I always assumed it's because of the amount that, that Spain gets from Algeria uh, that keeps us topped up. But then to hear that uh, we get massive amounts from Qatar, then that makes us a bit of a an oil broker, and if you can understand Spain being uh, a, a gross uh, or a, a large importer of gas from Qatar, because uh, presumably, obviously, it's going to come by ship and um, it's to, to dock it somewhere where it can be unloaded uh, and, then, and then piped out or uh, converted into bottled gas uh, as quickly as possible would make Spain and Italy the, the two. The two logical places. They're not going to send their ships all the way around to Germany, are no. they? So, uh, uh, but... so, so Spain and, the, the, and Italy are going to be the two main for, for, for geographical purposes, uh, which is good for us. Does it give us a little bit of a problem that, uh, you know, if, for example, uh, if you look at what Putin is 
threatening people. I mean, you know, he's got all sorts of uh, really horrific weapons that he's threatening to use. Uh, would it sort of maybe think you, you're you a little bit more vulnerable with six plants um, already here in Spain? Uh, we think, think the nearest to us is probably up in Barcelona, isn't it? Uh, probably, Vince. Yeah, I'll see where you're coming from. I mean, the, the, the weapons that he is using um, are the same weapons that we used against, we're talking about Putin and Russia now, they're the same weapons that uh, we've been, the, the Western world, used against him, which is economical measures. He's now reversing those economical uh, sanctions, if you like, back to, to Europe. I, is it Finland? He's, he's cut the gas off to Finland. Yeah. He's threatening to cut the gas off everywhere else. Um, the massive problem now with wheat, uh, massive problem to the third. I didn't realise, again, all these things we didn't know, is that Ukraine exports a hell of a lot of uh, its grain to the third world, to India, etc. Uh, and now the, 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 we're looking at enormous amounts of, uh, of, of pain and starvation because of a wheat shortage in the Ukraine. The wheat's there. It's still there. Of course, it, it can only get out. It only gets shipped out. Uh, Odessa being the, the biggest port there, which is under, under a blockade. Um, I was interested to read the other day that they're talking about sending in uh, container ships to pick up this grain to force the issue. Well, brave people are going to be uh, piloting and captaining those ships, that's for sure, to try and get the grain out. Um, that's going to be very dangerous. I could really, you know, they, they blow up on it. They will do. Obviously, Russia's going to attack or stop, or at least stop uh, these, these, these ships from getting in and out of, of Odessa because that's, that's the easy way uh, of winning a war is by attrition. And by, by stopping Ukraine's exports by the coast, which is the biggest one Ukraine's got to the minute, is losing its losing its ports, the small area it's got on the Black Sea, which gives access to Mediterranean and the rest of the world. I think because you can't ship the grain out by train, that's not going to happen. You can't fly it out, that's certainly not going to happen. Uh, all these things will put the price of grain up tremendously. And uh, there's been a deafening silence from uh, what America could do to maybe relieve the situation by sending stuff across to Europe. Um, don't forget, that's the sort of thing that used to happen in the Second World War. So why has that not been well, mentioned? They only happened in the Second World War in 1944 or something, Vince. They didn't come in in '39 when we had the problem. It's only because Roosevelt managed to, to get re-elected that he could... Uh, he could uh, change things. He couldn't run on that ticket. He had to run. He run away from that. Run away. On yeah, but that's not really what I'm. That, that's not really what I'm meaning. Uh, What's you know, well, we know that the United States has got great swathes that they can, um, you know, grow grain, mm. and they yeah. could be already saying we will send uh, crops across uh, to help you. They don't. Why is nothing being said in that respect? Why is it not I even mentioned? They will. I imagine they will, but don't forget the crop that uh, gets taken uh, to the coast and put on a <clears throat> on a cargo ship and then sailed to another destination gets a massive extra uh, 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 additional cost applied to it in as much that it costs a lot of money to send a ship anywhere. To actually drive that ship now is costing double because the price of your fuel has gone up by double. So the the grain that's that's uh, that's uh, pumped out onto the onto the docks of another country is going to be quite a high price. Um, but it's pay it or starve. So it's 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 uh, that's another uh, a war, if you like, that none of us actually thought about. I'm sure people did think about it, but it's hitting home now because it's certainly something I didn't think would uh, would come to the fore. But it is, and it's another weapon that Putin's got. He'll get what he wants. And I've said all along, he'll get that. He'll get a quarter of the Ukraine on the on the eastern uh, border, and and the trade off has got to be to leave Odessa to the U Ukrainians. Okay. He has to leave. He has to leave that port. Okay. On we go. Let's see where we're going. Just to finish off that, uh, Spain receiving the second biggest EU allocation behind Italy, um, planning to deploy 70 billions of euros of direct EU transfers during 2021 and 23. 
um, except for an additional 70 billion euros in EU loans between 2023 to 2026, rolling out a series of major public investment projects using its share of the EU's pandemic recovery funds, which the Prime Minister has compared to a Marshall Plan for Europe. With a heavy focus on sustainability and digitalisation, the projects are designed to encourage major private sector investments. They include a push to promote electric cars in Spain and for the development of green hydrogen as a clean energy source. The Spanish government said the money from Qatar would provide a flow of investments into Spain for its projects for a green and digital economy. If we go along with all that... Um, then obviously there's uh, loads of money coming to Spain. Um, what really is less clear is why would it be that the um, electric car would be deemed to be less likely to, um, well, more likely to need money? Because when all said and done, we do see pictures of you know batteries not being able to be um, disposed of and um, yeah okay we're getting a few points now but they're never going to get enough um, points to be able to um, to recharge and give the electric back to the car you know I mean is it viable do you think or is it pie in the sky or what I think it's pie in the sky I, 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 it's impossible Vince to, to, to come out and state that in, in, in my de- that my diesel car in, in in less than 10 years' time will be illegal, basically. will not be allowed to run on the road. I won't be able to run it because there won't be a gas station anywhere for me to, me to get pick up diesel, apparently. Uh, so we're, everybody will be forced to have their electric car. Very good, too. But uh, I listened to a report a while back about electric cars. And uh, you think that you've got your electric car, and look at the money you're saving on uh, on, on the fuel as opposed to charging it by electricity, which was a big savings, but it was big savings. But of course, now when people's electric bills are doubling and trebling, uh, it's going to uh, go up. It would have gone up anyway, because if you think that any government is going to cheerfully accept that there won't be any tax revenue on their petrol and diesel sales, which is an enormous amount of money that goes into every government's coffers, that if, if every country gets their wish and there are no more petrol, diesel-driven cars, where do you think they're going to get their tax revenue from? From your electric socket where you're plugged your car into. So believe me, uh, at the end of the day, it will not be cheaper. Uh, it'll be cleaner. Maybe, maybe it'll be cleaner. But you've, you, you, they've run out, the car uh, manufacturing lines are, are grinding to a halt all over the world for a complete lack of chips. And we're not talking the French Friday. No, no. Um, it's, and it, it's, it's a complete lack of chips. And, but I'm very proud to hear this week that Europe has designated Spain to be the, uh, the manufacturer of chips. Of electronic uh, Terry, we, we, we covered this. We covered this on the on the podcast about three weeks ago. It's up. Oh, yeah. It's up by Segund, isn't it? Oh, but that was that was something. No, that was something else. Uh, the, the, was, the, the car yeah, battery was, plant was there, wasn't it? That was the battery. No, this is the chips. Okay. <clears throat> this, the battery plant was up there. It, the, the, it's the actual manufacturer of the, the chips that the world is, is has, hasn't got any of for various reasons. Uh, there's certain products that they're, they're short of. Uh, and uh, but the, Europe has decided that Spain is the country to make it. Now you got to think this is that's quite clever if you think about it, because God forbid if a war breaks out, it's going to break out on the eastern side of Europe. We're sitting on the far western side of Europe. I'm actually sat on the Greenwich uh, Meridian, where I am. It's just down the road from me, by the way. I saw it. I saw it in Glinton the other day. <laughs> <laughs> OK. <laughs> no, so we are, we are strategically in Spain in a very safe area. So I think they're quite happy for, like we said before, about gas being delivered into Spain, about the, uh, the new manufacture of uh, chips uh, for vehicles, not just vehicles, but computers anyway your telephone etc etc and the batteries as well for for electronic vehicles uh, what we need now is electric to go in it at the right price okay right we'll move on now then i'm going to play a song by james darren which just is entitled goodbye cruel world hmm? Circus. 
Okay, so Moscow has expelled 27 Spanish diplomats on Wednesday, as well as dozens more from France and Italy, in retaliation for the expulsion of the Russian diplomats from Madrid and other European countries following the invasion, of course, of Ukraine. The employees of the Spanish embassy in Moscow and the Spanish consulate general in St. Petersburg have been declared persona non grata and have seven days to leave Russia. Russian authorities justify this decision on the grounds of reciprocity for the expulsion of 27 Russian officials from their embassy in April, but that expulsion was based on justified security reasons, which are not present in this case, uh, according to a foreign ministry state, uh, statement. Also a reading uh, Spain to expel 25 Russian uh, Diplomats. So that was another one that I saw. Uh, the Spanish decision was taken back in early April, just days after dozens of bodies in civilian clothing was found uh, on the streets of Butcher outside Kiev uh, following the withdrawal of the Russian troops, uh, raising the allegations of Russian war crimes. In April, the, which seems so long ago now, but in April the foreign ministry said it was expelling the Russian diplomats on grounds they were a threat to Spain's interests and security, and the Russian ambassador was not among those asked to leave. Spain's decision was part of a coordinated move across Europe that saw more than 200 Russian envoys sent home in 48 hours uh, on the grounds of alleged spying or national security reasons as outrage grew over the atrocities in Ukraine. Russia's foreign ministry said in a statement it was also expelling 34 employees of French <laughs> diplomatic missions in Russia and giving them... For anyway, so it goes on tit for tat. Mm. Uh, so, basically... Um, how do you think it is going to be, how are we able to maybe get some sense back in things if we're going to expel each other's amb ambassadors and, and diplomats? Well, this is, this is, this is what always goes on, doesn't it? All these tip, these, uh, uh, diplomatic arguments always start with a bit of a, a an ass kicking contest where, uh, I'm going to chop 12 of your diplomats out from your embassy, right? We're going to chop 14 of yours out. And so it goes on. They just throw stones at each other. Eventually, they'll, they, uh, they get the, the, the statement that uh, uh, a country has withdrawn their ambassador. OK, well, that, that's the final rock that's been thrown. That's when it's dangerous. If you've drawn the ambassador, you've drawn physical links with a, another country. And if, you're going to be, if there's ever going to be any sort of diplomatic solution to any problem, you need that physical link. You need that ambassador. So when it comes to the point where an ambassador's thrown out, then that is a serious, it can become a very serious problem. But this this bit of, of chucking people out and chuck, I mean, all the years that I've been, for donkey's years, you read this, you, you go, yeah, another another 20 odd uh, uh, Russian uh, diplomats have been uh, expelled from London or whatever, etc. But, so, but you think about it, it goes on every year. There must be millions of these diplomats in London or anywhere else. Because they never tell you when, 30-odd Russian diplomats have arrived in London, you know, so it's it's all a bit of a, a silly a league thing, really. It's just, yeah, a bit of ass-kicking. OK. Um, they, they were talking about the Russian um, uh, embassy, uh, sorry, the, the Spanish embassy up in St. Petersburg, and I have to say, having been to St. Petersburg, it's an it's a city which is gorgeous. I mean, really, the buildings are fantastic. They mm. have the white nights up there when they have special times of the year. But walking on the streets was another thing. I felt not intimidated, but I didn't feel that I was able to be maybe as jovial as you want to be. And mm. I was always told as we went through the airports, don't um, try and communicate with anybody. Just uh, show them the pass and just go through. Uh, I mm. felt particularly as we came through Moscow, it was like that. Now, I wonder, and uh, again, I know that you probably will see things differently to me, but you see, <clears throat> I think the Russians are doing the dirty work. In the background, uh, I think other things are going on, and I'm thinking certainly of China, because I also read, and I haven't got the article in front of me, but I did read that they are having exercises near Taiwan. And uh, mm. this was because, obviously, yeah. the Americans have been seen in, the in, in that area. And you see, this really is, I think it's more difficult times than we really know uh, because of what I've just said. 
uh, that's another worry, I think, that hopefully uh, I'm wrong about, but it is a worry for me. Well, sadly, was it two days ago that President Joe Biden of the United States uh, declared uh, the, 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 the unforgivable uh, statements of uh, the, the fact that he would defend, USA would defend Taiwan from any Chinese aggression? That's been the phrase that's never been allowed to be said. It's always been intimated, uh, uh, threatened in other ways, but never to actually say that the US of A would, would go to the aid of Taiwan if it was under aggression from China. That is, that's tantamount to an open declaration of war, to be honest with you. Don't forget, Taiwan is, is, is or was uh, part of, 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 of the Chinese, call it Republic if you want, the, China, the, the, the old Chinese state. And it was about 50-odd years ago, I think, was it the 1950s? Yeah, when it was Formosa, wasn't it? Sorry? It was Formosa, wasn't it? Formosa, yeah. But they, yeah. They, exactly, yeah. But it was about, they've been independent for over 50 years, as far as I know, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, and but, but there again, Hong Kong was independent for over 100 years, wasn't it? Yeah. The, um, and look what happened to Hong Kong. So the, 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 Taiwan is, is, has been a thorn in the backside of China. And they've, China always says it will have it back. It will come back into the fold. And when you think about what's happening in Russia, with Russia trying to get Ukraine back into the fold, it won't stop with Ukraine if they did succeed. It, it, it won't be happy until it's gone back to the, the pre-1989 borders of the Soviet Union, which means half of Germany will be gone, you know, Poland, etc. Um, it won't be happy until he gets that. Then, likewise, China has a similar... Uh, dreams and certainly was not dreamed that they, they openly state they will take taiwan back but like all things chinese we live for today in the western world they can plan things that can happen in 50 200 years time i don't care it will happen it just yeah. might take a bit longer what is worrying as you mentioned before is the uh the russian chinese uh uh alliance which is frightening it wasn't that long ago they were firing bullets at each other yeah um so again with the both they're both masters of duplicity. So you can say that with a pinch of salt. So, I mean, either one could quite happily invade the other. Uh, OK. So we'll, we'll, I'll, take, I'll take that with a pinch of salt. What is worrying is the Spratly Islands and the fact that uh, China is creating land masses to, to, to conquer them <laughs> and declare them as Chinese to influence uh, the South China Sea. That is worrying. Yeah. OK. Um... Well, in fact, just before we go to the next one, I'll, I'll tell you when I went to uh, Palm Springs and I went to the air base there um, and they showed you the difference between the amount of water in the Atlantic on the map, of course, obviously, and the amount of work that had to be done in the Pacific as a very, very solid explanation as to why, um, you know, Europe maybe it was not quite as easy to send troops across to Europe as quickly as maybe a lot of the Europeans seem to think it should have happened. Um, and when you see the punk, the comparison of the, the amount of water in the Pacific to the Atlantic, it does make you feel there's a difference in the way that we should be looking at. Um, OK, I'm going to move on, move on because we've got, uh, I think, two more things to talk about. Here we go. OK, so we're a bit different. Carp are us kicked off their summer autumn series on the River Segura at Big Astro Jacaria. The last time we fished there, it rained for most of the match, and with the river rising, the fishing was hard. This is the Secretary Steve Fell. This time, conditions looked particularly good, as the river had a steady flow and everyone was looking forward to a good match. How wrong that turned out to be. Everyone struggled for bites with at least 30 dead fish drifting down the river during the match. There was a strong feeling that something in the river was affecting both the fish and the fishing. Incredibly sad. The match was won by uh, Alan Davis. That, that it, all right, it doesn't matter about the results. Um, but basically, uh, this is the fishing society and uh, they're saying they were very concerned about the river and the possibility that pollution could be affecting the fish. The club will do its best to contact the Confederación Hidrafica uh, del Segura and uh, ask them to investigate. So, um, any ideas of any pollution in that sort of area that we could have been a, maybe aware of? Oh. 
Where was the contest held? The contest where, was where held was the on river? the River Segura at Bigastro Jacaria, which I don't yeah, know. Right. Okay, all right. Um, massive. It's like Legoland down there, Vince. You see millions of, literally millions of houses, and you drive down that way. It looks right. like Legoland because they're all bricked up with the same bits of bricks and bits of pieces and colouring. Uh, and curious enough, you drive past overnight, you hardly see a light on. So a lot of these places are, are just left empty. Um, but I, I, in, in the building game, I have come across so many cases where the estates have been built with no provision for the healthy removal of, of, of faecal matter. Uh, to the point, I've been to a house where they made the hole in the floor for the waste pipe for the toilet to pass through to connect to the sewage system, and there wasn't any pipe at all. It just dropped into a void below the house. Um, and, uh, it, and historically, there have been the Barrancos, which is a Spanish name for a dry riverbed. Um, there were Barrancos in the area, uh, have been just full of excrement from these different estates. Now, a barranco is a dry riverbed, but there's there's old, there's generally speaking water within a metre and a half of, of the bottom of that riverbed, a dry riverbed, that in the rainy season becomes lime. The water table rises, the barranco, the dry riverbed becomes a wet riverbed and causes a lot of damage further down the hill. So where the big astro where you're talking about is, is prime Legoland uh, building area down there. Uh, add to that... Uh, the fact that in our own area here, uh, we get our water from Guadalest. Um, a few weeks ago, we, could, we we were told not to drink the water, not to wash in the water, because the same thing happened a few weeks ago, as happened a number of years ago, where fertilizers used um, uh, in, in the surrounding countryside, farmland, because of the heavy, massive amount of rainfall that found its way into the reservoir. Now, after the last time that happened, which was probably about 10 years ago, we all got we all got hit with a massive surcharge because of the uh, equipment they're going to have to put in to, to make sure that doesn't happen again. Well, lo and behold, ten years later, we've had more rain in that in that six weeks period over Easter than ever in any other time in history. And lo and behold, the same thing happened again. We couldn't use the water. Oh, they said they had a problem with the equipment. Yeah, tell me about it. M O N E Y. So I can only add that into the equation, Vince. So in other words, fertilisers getting into the, 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 the river, plus unnatural fertilisers for mistakes getting into the river, hence you get dead fish. It, it's always been a battle. Don't forget, I mean, the... Uh, the um, uh, um, the um, What's it called? Down in Lamanga, Lamanga del Mar Menor. Oh, yes. Lamanga, de, yeah, Lamanga del Mar Menor. Mar Menor means a, a little sea. Yeah. Because Lamanga is, a, is, a, is about a 14-mile-long cooling It's where Lamanga. England football club, you, football team yeah. used to go and train, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the golf course there. Yeah. The, uh, but that they, this 14-mile-long cul-de-sac of a peninsula forms a, an inland sea with a very small entrance to the mid. And it's this inland sea is very popular with sporting activities. But it's 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 been completely destroyed uh, over the over the last twelve months with with filtrations of God knows what mainly fertilizer stuff washing down into the into this inland sea and destroying the natural flora and fauna that uh, that that have been surviving in it for for, for, for millennia. And it's an area, so, isn't it, where people go to get the mud path uh, mud. Back yes. treatment, yeah. and um, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't actually bother be doing that myself. To be honest with you, I couldn't get enough mud. <laughs> okay, we've only got a minute left. I've got to ask you nice and uh, easy questions, like: uh, Did you enjoy watching the final day of the football when? Obviously, we knew Man City would win, but they did win. It was by one point, so that was exciting. And so we have the Champions League final to come on uh, Saturday, Saturday uh, nine yeah, o'clock. Yeah, so I'm sad because uh, uh, my team Villa were playing Man City, and to go two 0 up uh, and to miss three or four easy sitting goals, that could have been four or five nil up quite easily, Villa, and that would have been a different thing for them to come back to, back from uh, Man City, but. Uh, you cannot, um, you cannot deny their, their their fight that they have, and uh, the manager that can 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 drive them. It, it very reminiscent of what uh, the, the Man United used to do the same. They all, they generally used to win their matches in the last ten minutes. Yeah. When other teams were flagging with the ten minutes to go to start the flag and the legs are hurting, Man United used to 
drop it in, drop it down a gear and run and, and bring in a couple of players and absolutely mm. attack wildly the other side and, and win matches. Well, Terry, we happened the other day. We've got thirty seconds left, and I can okay, comfortably <laughs> okay. I hope you're right. Um, <laughs> I can comfortably say Manchester United didn't do that this year. Anyway, no. Terry, lovely to speak to you. Nice to hear you're on the mend, and look forward yeah. to uh, chatting away with you about Spain and some of the items in the news this time next week. Igualmente, Vince. Hasta la semana que viene. Muchísimas gracias. Vale.